I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today I'm joined by an absolute legend. As always, one of my childhood heroes, Mr. Tony Curry from Edgware Prince to Sheffield King. Uh, yeah, well, Edgware, yeah, Edgware, 1st of January 1950, yeah. We're going to take a trip down memory lane, TC. And first and foremostly, your upbringing, Edgware, uh, Hendon area, North London. How did your football education begin? Uh, oh, well... Um, northwest London. Let's clear that up. Yeah. Northwest. <laughs> okay. Um, Cricklewood. Uh, born up. Born, you know, brought up in Cricklewood. Uh, born born in Edgware General Hospital. Yeah. In the borough of Hendon, which is now the borough of Barnet. But anyway, we we cleared that up. Um, well, I started playing ever since I was just one one year old, really playing in the garden with my brother and stuff and then uh, by the time I was eight years old I played for the school team under 11 so I was three years younger than all the others um, head teacher had to ask me mum if it, I was allowed to play because of my age anyway that was that and um, went through all playing for the school teams and the borough of Hendon and then um, and then I went to QPR as a 14 year old on schoolboy forms and for a year and by the time it was time to leave school, they decided that I wasn't good enough to be signed on as an apprentice, as what they were in those days. So that was the start of my football. Now, when you say not good enough to sign as an apprentice, at Queen's Park Rangers, they played you um, at half-back. And then you went to Chelsea, you had uh, a troll at Chelsea, and they played you at centre-back, didn't they? Correct, yes. I had five... Um, yeah, I'd started to build in the building trade, a small mm. firm in Cricklewood, and uh, during that six months there, before going to Watford, I had three, four, four, four trials for Chelsea on the old Welsh Harp, you know, in Hendon, where they that was their training ground, and um, I was up against these giant centre centre forwards, uh, um, and I was just a, you know, the the thing in them days was that. When you went for trials for Middlesex boys, London boys, which I did and never got through the first trial because there was that many going through all the schools in London, Middleson, that, that they just picture, you know, all right, you play at right back, you play at left back and, and you're not you're not a right back or a left back. So you're not playing in your proper position. And that that's what happened with the Chelsea trials. I was centre back and against these, you know, centre forwards that were a foot taller than me. 
Now, I've just finished reading your book, The Matador, and I've got to say, what an absolutely fantastic read. And two of my heroes growing up were Tony Curry and Alan Hudson. And I've got to say, your stories are very similar. Chelsea was your team that you supported as a kid through your uncles. Uh, yeah. Fulham was the team that Alan Hudson supported as a kid through his dad living in Chelsea, but being Fulham. And both of you got turned down by the respective club that you both loved, which I find out absolutely amazing but as you've alluded to that's how things were done in those days yeah well I don't I, I you know I don't know so much about where Addy's bit really but yeah. um you know you, you it just happens to to some people they they get rejected or whatever you want to yeah. call it and and other people come through it when they're 21 22 yeah. you know like your Ian Hutchinson's and your Cyril Regis's and people like that yeah. but but um, you know, it, it just happens from 15 to 17. You, it, it, you get such a change. I mean, I, f- 15 years of age, I'm 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 rejected by QPR. By the time I'm 17, I'm playing for England youth that, and, and and Watford first team. And, and and a year later, I'm I'm in the foot in the top flight with Sheffield United. You know, it's just the way it goes, and it's just that's it. Now then, Watford years. Um... Wonderful times for you as a young player, scoring a brace on your debut and then scoring two hat-tricks. Talk me through those early days and also the car wash for your manager. That wasn't as successful <laughs> as your playing time. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, it, uh, again, when, I, when I, I got to Watford at 16 years, of, just before 16 and Ken Furphy, the manager, decides to give me a six-week trial, which ended up being six months. As a, so I was not signed on officially, but I was I was working with the apprentices every day as an apprentice, if you like. And he, it took him six months to make up in his mind. And on the on the day of him making up his mind, and I'm about to sign the forms, me and Mickey Packer, who's a great friend of mine, <clears throat> still is a, another apprentice. He he um, he was. I was in the car and I was in the driving seat as a 16-year-old inside the grounds, obviously. And and I've put my foot on the blooming accelerator and it's in reverse and we reverse straight into the railings around the dog track on the Watford pitch. And, um, you know, I had to... George Aiken, it was a brand-new Humber Scepter Gold, the, the car of the year. It was just immaculate and... Uh, George Aiken, the trainer, he said, uh, he says, you, you've got to go in and tell him. So I went in and I told Ken Furphy and he said, well, he said, one day you're going to play for England. I'll have your first cap. He never did get it, but um, he was right. And a great judge of players. You was a central striker, wasn't you? You were a forward in those days. In fact, when Sheffield United spent £26,500 on a young Tony Curry on the 1st of February 1968, you also went to Sheffield as a forward. I certainly did, yeah. Well, I, I played in different positions yeah. for, for Watford Juniors, etc. and that, and I, I did score a lot of goals. And then and, and played up front in the reserves with a... Brian Deere, who was he played at West Ham and that I think he ended up at South End, but a lovely skillful player. I played played up front with him and then Furphy gives me the um the green light and, and plays me up front with Terry Garbert. Um 
and and I scored the two goals in a four nil win against Bristol Rovers. Um, but yeah, I, I started for my first two years, two and a half years, I was a striker. Yeah. And then ten days later, you scored a perfect hat trick against Peterborough. And after the game, not immediately after, I, I believe, but probably the day after, a match ball was presented to you with all the signatures of the players, wasn't it? Yeah, it's in the cabinet at Sheffield United name in my own trophy, you know, in our museum. It's in there still with autographs on it, yeah. So growing up, TC, who were your first football heroes? Who did you look up to when you was a kid uh, and thought, do you know what, that's who I want to be like when I grow up? Well, the one and only... Who I supported Chelsea? Who can it possibly be? James Peter Greaves. Exactly, James Peter Greaves. James Peter Greaves. I didn't know his middle name, but yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy the Greaves, the greatest goal scorer that's ever lived. He and that's that's a fact. Never mind about all the others who score thousands of goals in rubbish leagues and that. Mm. He was playing, you know. Uh, he he was just phenomenal. He, and, and that was it, Bobby Tambling after Jimmy, you know, I mean, our Frank Blunston, all them, you know, I just remember them all, the cat, Peter Bonetti, I, I, was, I, I bought some little green gloves to be in goal at the bottom of the garden, I used to play in goal with me, uh, me, me brother was at one end, 20 yards apart, it was a lovely little garden we could have, and, and he'd be Bolton, and I was, I was Chelsea, he, Bolton was a big team in the in the 60s, you know, early, yeah. late 50s, early 60s. And he was like Eddie Hopkinson when I was shooting at him. Yeah. And I was Peter Ben... Uh, no, I was... Um, oh, God, what's his name now? I forgot the keeper. Anyway, um, and uh, and he was that Lofthouse shooting at me. And and I was... Oh, Reg Matthews before before Peter Benetti. Reg Matthews, that's right. And, of course, I was Greavesy when I was shooting at him. So... <laughs> And and that was it. I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea mad, Chelsea mad, Chelsea mad. Now, Greavesy, you're right, the greatest goal scorer on the planet, bar none. Um, scored 357 league goals, first division league goals, at a rate of 0.69, which is truly phenomenal. And scored goals, yeah, scored goals on his debut, wherever he went, uh, even abroad. Greavesy, to this day, I don't think anybody will ever get close to him. No, no, and, and all in the top flight. And he got yeah. he got 100 before he was 21. Yeah, he I did. don't know whether that's been done since. I'm, I'm not sure. It might have been, but, you know, it's, you know, I cried my eyes out when he went abroad. Yeah. When he left Chelsea, it was, I was, what, 10, 11, and, and I just cried and cried. It was terrible. Unluckiest and luckiest grounds that you ever played at, TC? Uh, luckiest and unluckiest. Well, I don't know, but there's grounds I don't like. Newcastle, Villa, uh, West Ham's not been a great um, place for me. Um, that's Bradley's team. <laughs> <laughs> happy Hammer he is. I've got two son-in-laws. They're both happy Hammers, for crying out loud. <laughs> Blowing bubbles all the time, yeah. So why not Villa Park? Was that to do with semi-finals? Oh, yeah, could, well, no, no. I never. I, I played in three semis, all yeah, for Leeds, yeah. And um, 
you know, they was at home and aways in the League Cup and yeah. won at Hillsborough. Um, sorry, any Sheffield United listeners, I've mentioned Hillsborough. Um, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get killed. <laughs> and uh, and that was against Man U. So, you know, so no, Villa just, I never, I always found it strange, Villa, Upton Park. I didn't have great games there and, and, and Derby. I don't know whether it was the closeness of the fans or what. They seem to be all over you. I don't, I don't know. Um, especially Derby, especially, and, and West Ham was. Um, perhaps Villa weren't so much. I can't remember so much. I mean, it's a fantastic ground now, Villa, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, just a touch. But, you know, you, you, you get lucky grounds, you get you get unlucky grounds, and, and they're, they're three that I could mention that I... You know, I scored at Man U. I've scored at, at Liverpool when I was only 18. I scored at Liverpool. We won 2-1 against the great Liverpool team. Stopped them winning the blooming league title that year. We did, and we got relegated. My first season at Sheffield United. That yeah. must have been a strange move for you, going from London to Sheffield, two really, really different cities. But firstly, talk me through that goal, because I, I believe that you stuck it over Ron Yates' head, run round the other side, and a bit like Pelly, stuck it in the onion bag. That's right. Just just like the, um, the 1958 Pelly World Cup goal. Yeah, it was just like that. But Although he, that one went through, uh, my one went through Ron Yates' uh, Tommy Lawrence's legs, but um, yeah, oh, it's fabulous. It was at the other end from the cop, so the other end to the cop. But uh, we 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 won that game and and we took three points off them over Easter. The old two point system, three points off them, stopped them winning the league that year, and we we got relegated. That was before I only played thirteen games that season because I signed in February and and only played the thirteen games to the end of the season and. Uh, we got bloody relegated. Ridiculous. Now, John Harris was the manager, wasn't he, at Sheffield United in those days? Yeah, captain of the 1955 championship winning side of Chelsea, yeah. He, I've listened and read uh, about you. You describe him as a Bill Shankly type, but a little bit more extrovert. Is that a fair analysis of him? Um, well, the, the extrovert bit—that was Shags, not sorry, not, introvert, uh, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, total, total introvert. He yeah. did drink, didn't smoke, didn't swear. He, um, well, not in public anyway. We never saw him <laughs> do any of that. Um, and you know, he was a quiet, this uh, quiet sort, sort of chap, a gentleman. Didn't like interviews. Like hated being on the telly. Not that we were a lot um, for interviews in those days, obviously. But uh, he he was just a quiet, gentle man. But he 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 knew how to he knew how to get the best out of you. Um, you know, he, he he'd say blemming this and blemming that, and you 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 know when you're in trouble with him. And but you wanted to play for him, and he was he was a lovely bloke. Now, Curry versus Marsh in the season 69 to 70, you had a little bit of showboating around the corner flag, didn't you? And two mm. of the game's great characters, both you and Rodney. Yeah, I've got a lot of uh, admiration for Rod. Um, you know, I had disaffection with QPR anyway, and, yeah. and, and 
And he, because it was my local team, 15 minutes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From where I live, Crickwood, to, but, um, yeah, we, we, we just, uh, we looked alike a bit, I thought. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we played, played alike a bit, and, but he, we, we just got in the corner that, and, and, decided to try and nutmeg each other for a bit of fun. <laughs> and it went and on it, for some time, didn't it? Well, it, it just seemed to no, never end, did it? But, um, and there's me trying to stop him. I'm in our corner area, you know. Yeah. And um, and then I put the old V-sign fingers up to the crowd, <laughs> which was, <laughs> which is, perhaps some of them are not with us anymore. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what you did then. But you also blew kisses to the Sheffield faithful. I mean, you were the ultimate entertainer. Off the pitch, you were, you would describe yourself as introvert. But on the pitch, you were a maverick. You were an extrovert. You were everything that a football player should be. You walked onto that pitch, that crowd come to see Tony Curry. Yeah, I was, I was, um, Totally introvert and extrovert. Um, my first wife used to call me a Jekyll and Hyde, but yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was my stage, I suppose. I, I, I wanted to show the people how good I was and stuff like that, and I wanted to be the best player on the pitch. And I don't think that's a bad thing to be to to want to be. You know, you don't want. I, I used to beat myself up if I made mistakes, and I'd get angry with myself for a minute or two, and then. You know, and perhaps people would call me. Well, I'd be perhaps in a different world for a second because I'm beating myself up, and they think, "Oh, look at him; he's not bloody running about again and stuff like that." But I just wanted to, I just wanted to do the right thing. But I mean, everywhere I went, I blew kisses to the crowd. That was like a trademark of mine, and and um, you know, it was great. I had great relationships with the crowds wherever I was playing. I mean, Watford was a bit different because I only played the the 17 games for them and probably only about nine at home. So, you know. You didn't just blow kisses whilst on the football pitch. You sat down and gave kisses as well, didn't you? <laughs> First of all, I thought you were talking about sitting on the ball. Yeah, I, well. <laughs> we're going to come to that in a bit because I'm still at the beginning of Sheffield and moving on and going back. But that, that kiss with Alan Birchnell, because uh, you pretty much replaced Birch, didn't you, at Sheffield United? He'd moved on. Yeah, that was that's dead right. He, he, 
late 67 yeah. he, he went to Chelsea and yeah. I came early 68 so yeah I, I, I more or less uh, replaced him and uh, and Mick Jones went at near you know before that 68 Christmas um, sorry 67 Christmas or New Year and, and them two went and and I came and uh, yeah you, you could say I replaced him yeah but the the, the the kiss happened. I think it was seventy four five, yeah. something like that. And um, we, were, I, I think we were defending, and we ended up doing a. a t- it was like it really was synchronised. It was we we both did tumbled over head over reels. It was, and we both sat there, and he just turned around and said, "Give us a kiss," because we we knew each other from playing against each other, and and he was he's a lovely bloke anyway. And, and uh, so I did. And we kissed on the lips, and 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 there was one photographer there probably made a fortune out of it. It is sad that the photographer makes a fortune out of it, and you and Birch made absolutely zip, which it should be really the other way around. But you did court controversy because it wasn't just the kiss. They were going balmy, weren't they, the public? Yeah. Um, well, apparently it was. I mean, it was in the papers the next yeah. day, and. And um, apparently it was the first ever kiss on the lips in the world ever and um, through two footballers and it got in magazines abroad and stuff like that. But Birchie, Birchie, um, he made a few bob out of it for charity because every he used to send me pictures of it and I'd sign them and, he, and I'd send them back to him and he'd he'd be raising money for his charities and he must have made thousands and thousands. He got a bloody MBE or something for, for all that. And I, I was, I was bloody signing these things and, and sending them back to him. But, uh, he, you know, we, 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 we redid it a couple, if that's the word, it's yes. not, but uh, uh, we did it at Leicester a couple of times. Cause he used to run around the pitch for charity at the end of the season. And I, I'd go there and we, we actually set it up that we, that we kissed again and, and we got he made a few hundred quid out of that, and we've done it. We've done it again in Sheffield and stuff. And he's it's all for his bloody charity, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Birch was one of the characters of the game, wasn't he? And another player that when he went on the pitch, he wanted to entertain. We had characters. I think these days we haven't got so many characters, and that's why we love and and always love to indulge in those great halcyon days of the 70s with you guys. So you signed on at Sheffield there as a, as a young'un, as a forward, and it wasn't until a couple of seasons later that you had a chat with John and says, look, John, I, I fancy playing midfield rather than up front. Mm. And then I, I guess the the blue touch paper of Tony Curry was truly lit. Yeah, I, you know, I was, I mean, I'd scored nine goals in my first six games for Watford, which yeah. is possibly a, a, a record. I don't know. I, I'd love to find out one day from from ever first ever debut nine goals in six games a bit phenomenal, isn't it? I would say hundred percent. That's a record. I mean, it, it was it was a Jimmy Greaves yeah. sort of thing, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know I was thinking this is all right. I went to Sheffield United, scored four in my first thirteen games in my first bit of a season with them, and then the goals just seemed to dry up, and I I ended up. I found myself in midfield making goals. Yeah. 
And I, th I, I thought, oh, this is a lot of fun. So that, that was how it happened. I said, I said to the John Harris, I said, look, I think, I, I think I'm, I'd be more useful in midfield. I, I'm, I'm comfortable there. I can, I can dribble and beat players instead of having me back to goal and stuff. I think I can do. Anyway, he said, yeah, all right. Well, let's have a go. And, uh, and that's how it panned out. And within a year, I'm playing with a bloody full England team yeah. in midfield. Serbian media. Now, Willie Carlin is five foot four, by the way. Um, do you still love Holland? And when did the Greasy Chip Butty song come about at Sheffield United with their faithful? I don't know about that one. Do I not? don't know. No, <laughs> okay. no, sorry, I don't know that one. But funnily enough, we were only talking about it. Well, so I heard I was in a conversation somebody was talking about it the other day, but I couldn't really understand what they were getting at. They were talking about the Chip Butty song. Yeah. And I think it was something to do with um, Shred. He's, he's a great, well, he, he's, he's died now, but he was, you know, a big, big, big fan and everybody loved him and, and everything. And I think she was, this woman and his, her husband were talking about something like that. Um, but I don't know. Holland, I loved. Holland, I could, I could live there. That's my second place. But, yeah. I don't think I'm too old to be going over there now, but I, we, I, I went over there from 15 to when I was 31, 32, every summer for matching for matches and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with the place. It was just fantastic. And um, Willie Carlin, yeah, five foot four, never grew up that lad. <laughs> he was a good, what, good player though, wasn't he? What, what a man to have next to you in midfield, I tell you. But, he, he 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 was another sort of Trevor Rocky, but yeah. probably Trev, Trev Trev was my roommate. He was a great lad, Trevor. If he weren't on pills, he should have been. He you know he he was so hyper. He had a he had a he had a pink piano. He had a he had a I mean brush nylon velvet type car. Yeah, didn't have it. Didn't have metal. It it was. It was brushed nylon, velvet, whatever. And he was so eccentric, or whatever the word is. He he was a lovely bloke, and he had the smelliest feet in the world. I used to say, get them bloody feet back in the bed, will ya? And he wore ash puppies. He wore ash puppies. I mean, that's the, the worst things to wear if you got smelly feet. But a lovely man. And, and him and Willie, I mean, we let Willie go, and he, he ends up yeah. winning a, winning a blooming... First division championship, didn't he, with Derby? Yeah, but you had some good players, didn't you, in that Sheffield United team? Then you got promoted in the seventy seventy one season, and ironically, football has a wonderful way of putting things into perspective. That you you done it at Watford, didn't you? Get well against Watford on the first of May, nineteen seventy one. Incredible. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, I've talked about that a load of times, but you know when you when you get reminded of it, yeah. you think, oh, yeah, Watford, <laughs> my old team. <laughs> yeah, well, we, Scully, Stuart Scully, who made my first goal for Watford, um, he, um, what a player he was and all. Another Jimmy, I was going to say this, uh, the English Jimmy Johnston, but <laughs> Scully was Scottish <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, how he didn't play for Scotland as well, I don't know. Stuart, he was a great player. 
Great player. But yeah, he, he hit the bar when it was nil-nil and I thought, hello, what's going on here? It's from about 30 yards, Stuart. Uh, and then then we win the game 3-0 and uh, celebrations. It was great, but it took three years out of my career to get back up, three seasons to get back up into the top flight again, you know, and Sheffield United should be there, but nobody's got the right of them. Absolutely, but you seem to love and 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 revel in in the second division, and and I suppose as a young un, cutting your teeth and really learning your trade, particularly in that that third season of yours as a midfield general. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, the the season of promotion was was fantastic. I mean, we had some bright games. There was there was four teams that were almost as good as each other. Us, Leicester, who actually went up. And uh, the other two were Hull and Cardiff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all had big strikers like Tosh, Toshak and that. And I think Cardiff had Clark, big blonde lad, and and so on. And, uh, you know, we had some right battles. But, yeah, it was it was a great season for us. And, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a great season. Won the Player of the Year award and that for United. And... Uh, it was fabulous, and then we went on this running, uh, this winning, well, not getting beat streak, and took it through to the first division in the in seventy one, seventy two, and uh, just led the league for the first couple of months. It was brilliant. And really, until seventy four, seventy five season, which was your best, finishing four points off the eventual winners, along with Stoke City. We had some great teams and, and the league was a lot more even in them days. The season after, you reached, well, you got relegated for the second time, which was quite extraordinary, really, finishing four points off and then getting relegated the season after. Yeah. Mad, it, isn't it? it? Mad. It's just, you, you just couldn't put money on it, could you? No, you, you couldn't. Yeah. You know, if we, it, it's 74-5, if we beat Derby, Derby won it with the one of the smallest totals in in the old two point league. I think they went got fifty four, fifty six points or something. And we we were only four points and we finished sixth. If we beat Derby home and away, we win the league. Yeah. You know, and and then next season we're down by Christmas. We scored. We had four points, I think, by December the thirty first. Four points. I think I'm pretty certain that's a fact because I've seen it so many times and and. You, we just we just got off to such a bad start, and uh, I think I missed the first two games, and I think Furphy blamed me for for that for us having a bad start because I was sent off or something the season before, and I was I was banned from the first two games. I don't know, but uh, we just got off to a bad start in a bit in a rut and couldn't get out of it, and we were down by Christmas. It was ridiculous. It's absolutely incredible. We've got to talk about Alan Ball and the ball and also the boot and the laces because that's just an incredible story and you wouldn't get that today in the modern game, would you? No, I think you'd be sent off, wouldn't you? Before, um, <laughs> they'd call it ungentlemanly conduct, but probably, probably take, taking the doodah, isn't it? Taking yeah. The, you know. yeah. Um, well, we were, we were great mates. He, he, he took me under his wing. God bless him. Uh, when I got in the England team in '72, and uh, I more or less replaced him in the end. Um, but he was a lovely bloke, lovely bloke, 
person you'd want to invite to dinner. You know, him and Bobby Moore, first two people you'd invite to have a, if you're having a dinner party. But he 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 sat on the ball. We, they're five nil up at Bramall Lane. He sits on the ball right in front of me, and I clap him. And I to listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. SRB.